Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DOUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job or a new full-time role, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com. That's ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Man, do we got a lot to get to. We'll react to the Celtics' drubbing of the Cavs last night. We'll take you to Boston. I will also be joined by Dante Jones, of course, former teammate of LeBron James in studio in about an hour and a half. Jason Whitlock's going to join us later on the show. Want to talk about Andrew Luck, who apparently still has not thrown the Duke. The Duke. Uh... And, and I know a lot of you uh, have at least discussed this new anthem policy. Wait to hear what Steve Kerr had to say at the Warriors shoot-around about the NFL's anthem policy. And the follow-up question, which appears to have been missing from anybody who had a microphone that was taking in what Steve Kerr said. So all that to come. Let's get to what we saw last night. Um, 
I, I I sat with my daughter last night. I was helping her study, and she's um, she was reviewing feudalism. You guys remember what feudalism was? And you're like, eh. feudalism. Feudalism was um, it was a time in when uh, when lords. It was like lords, then knights, right, then serfs. Lords owned all the land, knights protected those lands from barbarians, and serfs did all the kind of daily, mostly agricultural work, or they were kind of like indentured servants around the house. You couldn't move up in the social structure, but you could definitely move down. If you lost everything, you could move from a lord potentially to a serf. No one, there was these stories that you hear, Disney stories, you know, where someone's a serf and somehow they marry a lord like that didn't actually happen in real life anyway my daughter was asking me like how much of this do i really need to know which is a great question and i was like i didn't come up in daily conversation with me hasn't come up before but i do think you need to know what feudalism is because if somebody represents you know that's like feudalism you don't want to be the person that goes oh yeah yeah and have no idea what they're talking about uh, and then I went to the other room. My son was was doing some math. He's nine, doing his multiplication table. And oh yeah, by the way, they do math totally differently now than we had done previously. And he was like, "How much of this do I need to use?" It's like some, you know, you need. There is addition, then multiplication, division, like algebra, not really. Geometry, no shot. Trigonometry, come on. I took it. I still have. No, I couldn't go back and answer one single question. But I, w- I was thinking about, about little things that you learn along the way in a semester and about how everything is weighted towards the final and you'd get to the final and there might be a week or two weeks that you checked out. <laughs> ah, didn't need that. And then turns out there's a big section on it on the final. Ever remember a test like that? That's what the NBA playoffs are getting to be like. <laughs> Home court advantage. <laughs> Come on. Warrior show, they can go and win one game, Houston, right? Game one, flex our muscles. There goes your home court advantage. Remember the Cavs, up until the last couple weeks of the season, they weren't paying attention as much to winning or losing or where their seed. It was more who we're going to play. We want to get the right seed and play the right team. It's funny because when the final comes around, game seven, if there's a game seven in Houston, Golden State, if there's a game seven with the Celtics and the Cavs, those two teams who are both favorites. Let's remember this about LeBron James. I know many of us, myself included, will give him a bit of a pass on what appeared like shutting it down last night. If LeBron James' team loses to the Celtics, Vegas had them as the favorite. Matter of fact, even after game one, Vegas had them as the favorite. After game four, Vegas had them as the favorite to win the series. So this would be an upset. This would be, um, Vegas would deem this to be a a major upset if the Celtics, without their two best players, won the series even with home court advantage. And especially in the Celtics-Cavs series where you you can tell me all you want, home court advantage doesn't matter, LeBron James has won game seven in Boston four. He has. It might not play a huge factor with him. But have you watched the Celtics this off this postseason at all? Have you? How have they performed on the road versus how they performed at home? 
It's like bipolar. It's like multiple personality disorder, right? Call them Butch at home. Call them Jim on the road. They're different people. Whether it's youth, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier, even Marcus Smart, young players that play feed off the energy and almost the, there's a little bit, there's just a tinge of viciousness, a lot of toughness that comes from the Boston crowd. Is it real or pretend real? I don't know. Like, look, you're, I don't care. Boston can tell me how tough a town it is. If you make enough money to buy a playoff ticket to a game seven in NBA playoffs, you're doing okay for yourself. You got some sort of ancillary income. This is not like a, a bare knuckles fight in the middle of uh, Boston Commons when anybody where anybody can show up. So these Boston fans are tougher than Cleveland fans. Like, eh, you're making pretty good coin if you go into one of these games. But there is an energy that comes from the garden crowd that those guys clearly feed off of. Additionally, they're able to get away with being much more physical. Now, game sevens are usually very evenly and and actually well-officiated games. They're more physical than most playoff games, less physical than the grab-and-hold fest we've seen throughout the playoffs. They're pretty well, they play it straight up. And usually the best team wins. But if you're playing a young team that is completely different at home than it is on the road, while it isn't the end-all, be-all, it doesn't necessarily completely decide the series, it's kind of a big thing. You know? And as much as we can sit here and go, ah, regular season doesn't matter. Ah, seed doesn't matter. Ah, home court advantage doesn't matter. That's the, ah, that section doesn't matter. This class is all weighted on the final, dude. It's all about the final. Then the final comes, and there's that section, and you look at it, and you're like, wait, what? Like, wow, I might be screwed. You know? Thought to yourself, killing it, good. Got a good tutor, studied. But if you don't know it, you don't know it. Don't know it cold. So I don't know what to make of LeBron somehow being disengaged late in that game. Um, when I see two pieces of tape around a water bottle and I believe that to be what other people like, maybe he's either, maybe one LeBron is super germaphobe guy. Don't touch my water bottle. Very possible. Very possible. Um, two, it also could be, Hey, I'm not feeling good. Don't anybody touch my water bottle. Also both could be true. And just cause he's not feeling good. Doesn't mean that, uh, I, one thing about not feeling well, and I don't know how you guys are when you play. So I feel better when I play the sport. Like I've never missed. The only time I ever missed a practice ever in my life uh, was was when I, w- I was sick at, at Oklahoma State. My senior year, my coach made me go home two days in a row to not get other people sick. Because when you're stuffed up and you play, everything kind of opens up. You know, you just feel better. Now afterwards, or when you sit down and slow down, you, you start to feel, you don't, you lack energy and you get lethargic and you start to get 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 congested again. But when you're actually playing, you feel fine. You just might, you might, might miss a little bit of a hitch in your step. I'm willing to concede that he's a little bit worn down physically, mentally, emotionally. I'm willing to concede that he also thought to himself, we ain't winning this game. We said it after game one, game one. It was like, we ain't winning this game. I'm not using all my energy. I'm not, I'm going to save it for when it really, really matters. 
One of the problems, the, the, the gift of LeBron is not just that he's physically gifted. Mentally, he's obviously brilliant. Sometimes you think yourself, though. Not just in terms of overthinking his jump shot, but he over, outthinks himself in terms of, all right, I'm going to shut it down. And now you do put a ton of pressure on your teammates to pick it up in game six so that you have the pressure, you have the, the energy for game seven. Here's one last note about yesterday. Uh, game five and yesterday's story was about Kyle Korver. Game five, Kyle Korver was, excuse me, game four, Kyle Korver was incredible. And before game five, the story about the death of his brother going back into March, uh, Brian Windhorst did a very good job chronicling it. But then we, we didn't see him in the first quarter. Like, where is, what did Kyle Korver do? Who, whose cornflakes did he pee in? He went from uh, an incredible weapon, making shot after shot after shot to, you don't put him in? Here's Ty Lue on why. Initially, he's been putting Ola J in, so that's been kind of Kyle's matchup when he comes in the game. But he didn't play him tonight, so, you know, it kind of threw us for a loop. But we got Bron out with two and a half minutes, and I started the fourth. He wasn't ready to go, so same thing happened game, I think, one or two. I can't remember. Yeah. So, and as much as you can sit there and go, I can't believe that Ty Lue wouldn't play Kyle Korver considering the matchup. Remember, Kyle Korver... They had to, you have to find somebody he can guard on that court. And by their estimation, Shemi Ojale is the only guy that can guard on that court, that he can guard on that court because he's not there. He's not a very good shooter yet. And by the way, Shemi Ojale, when he matches up with Kyle Korver, can't guard him. Falls asleep, doesn't realize you got to stay attached, constantly attached to a shooter, whereas he's more actually of a four man trying to learn to become a perimeter player. When you're 37 years old and you're just a shooter, you got to find just the right spot, just the right matchup. And while Brad Stevens gets a ton of credit for his out-of-bounds plays and for some of his sets and for how hard his team plays, that was about matchups. And in Game 5, he made a a noted roster move in terms of who he was going to play and shortening his bench, and it worked. So would I have still put Kyle Korver in? Probably because he had such a hot hand in game four. But I completely understand the idea of like, look, when you're 37, there's just only a couple of, there's a one or two guys on the other roster that you can guard, that you can stay in front of. You don't want to make a guy. He can't, Tatum's too much for him. Brown's too much for him. Rozier's too much. Those guys are too quick, too explosive. Doesn't, you're on an island in the NBA, can't do anything about it. Got to find a guy who you can guard. So I do think that's a viable excuse, even if I would have given him a look against what would have been a bad matchup. They just needed some pop and they didn't have any. Oh, by the way, here's uh, Ty Lue being asked about how LeBron felt. Did LeBron look tired to you? And especially, you know, did you think he looked tired at all today? He looked a little tired to me. Yes. No concerns. <laughs> Got to be ready to play now. No concerns. Here's LeBron on how he's feeling. Um, I have my moments, but I think everybody at this point is tired or worn down or whatever the case may be. But I'm you know, still trying to make plays to help our team win, put us in position to win. And uh, we had moments. We had an opportunity, but we didn't um, We didn't make enough plays. Yeah, the, we're making excuses for LeBron that he's not making excuses for himself. I do think the LeBron's tired. Hey, everybody's tired. That's the Steph Curry's hurt, not injured. Everybody's a little bit banged up right about now.
Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm okay freaking out now. Right? I'm okay freaking out now. But apparently Frank Reich is not freaking out. This from uh, the, uh, what is this, team website. Again, this is the official team website. Frank Reich continued to preach patience, noting he's not fretting over Andrew Luck not throwing a football. Nope, not worried at all. Can't cut things short. There's no reason to cut things short. It's a day-to-day process, evaluation, and just trusting in that. I'm completely comfortable with him throwing when he's ready and when doctors say he's ready. He's totally engaged in every aspect of what we're doing mentally. The physical part for a guy like him, you've got to work at it, but I'm not worried about that. There's plenty of time. You guys like yogiisms, Yogi Berra-isms? What's your, what's your favorite, uh, your favorite? It ain't over till it's over is probably the most famous, right? Baseball is, uh, is, uh, was it 50% physical, 75% mental? Is that what it is? Yeah. One of my, uh, one of my favorite yogiism is let's do it right now. Okay. It's getting late early. <laughs> it's getting late early. That's it. It's getting late early, which is genius. It's not over, and it's it is. We still have a long time until actual NFL snaps matter. But it's getting late early. Like, dude, you got to be throwing. A, first, you have to know if you can do it without hurting it. Then you're going to have to build up strength and endurance in that strength. Then, oh yeah, by the way, you got to build up accuracy. And then after all that, you got then you got game speed, game competition, game reps. We're not talking about he's struggling with throwing the deep ball or he hasn't quite gotten his accuracy and his footwork or his throwing motions a little bit different. He has not thrown any football. And this is the you had one job type deal, right? It's like the uh the Brandy Chastain statue. Or, you know, right, where it didn't look like Brandy Chastain. It looked like Brad Chastain more than Brandy Chastain. <laughs> like, that guy had one job to do. Make it look like her. He failed. I mean, Peyton Manning never threw a football great, but to not throw a football for two years? And everybody just go like, oh, it'll be fine. How do you know? I just, you know, can't step st- skip steps. Just faith. Okay. I'm freaking out a little bit. Yeah, we're not. Forget about whether or not he can take a hit on it. Right? He's got a new offense. Like, oh well, he's been doing the mental reps. You know what's better than mental reps? Physical reps. I, I, dude, at some point, you haven't thrown a football in a position which calls for you to throw a football forty times a game. Like that's a, that's we're getting to be it. It's May. Kids in the Midwest are already out of school. It goes fast. We're at the end of May, May 24th. Gone fast, hasn't it? May 24th. So that's June, and you get July, and then in August you're in camp. And to not have thrown a football. Remember, a lot of guys who are coming off injury, a lot of guys who are young, they get that arm fatigue from throwing so much in camp. Here's a guy who hasn't thrown. So you can say, well, his arm will be rested. Like, yeah, if it works. What happens if the, if the pain comes back? We don't have any idea. 
So this feels like, it does feel a little bit like listening to a doctor. You know, if you ever sprained your ankle and you go to a doctor and the doctor's like, oh, you got to stay, I got to get on crutches for like a month. Like, well, how is it that when I sprain my ankle, I'm on a crutches for a month and NBA player, you know, ice, stim, and they play the next night taping it up. I mean, look, doctors are going to be extra precautious because no one wants to be the guy who's like, yeah, he, he was, he was rehabbing fine, but that dumb doctor told us to let him throw the football, let her rip one or two times and he re-injured. No one wants to be that guy. So it does feel like, Hey, take a month off of the sprained ankle sort of thing. Like you mean to tell me that it's not rehabbed enough that he can't throw it just one time. Just let me just, just one time. Nope. Not going to do it. Doctor's orders. Andrew Luck is the only quarterback with a doctor's note to keep him from throwing a football. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. He's one of the best trash talkers in the history of the NBA. Uh, he was also a really good player at both Rutgers and Duke. Of course, played in the league, won an NBA championship. He's Dante Jones, going to join us in studio. Um, all right, let's, let's get to what we were just talking about you were listening in on. Okay, the NBA has the same rule, the same rule. Whereas, like, if you want to stay in the locker room, stay in the locker room. No, actually, you can't stay in the locker room. You're not supposed to. So you're not, not supposed to, but you can. To, but if you're, you're not supposed to go to restroom, right? But you're, if you're supposed to if be you're on the court for the national anthem, if you're and, on the court, and your team has to do something universally, um, whether it's hand over your heart, behind your back, whatever it is, you have to have your uniform on. It has to be something in unison. Um, but you have to be a team in that in that front. Like, remember when the holding of the arms? Like, you can't have some people holding arms. You can't have other people not. Like, you all have to do it together. Right, right. But there is no kneeling. No one no one has taken a knee it at this point. It hasn't been addressed and, by Adam Silver. And I think there have been, probably been small conversations in where we say, you know what? That's not the way we bring attention to this cause. We can find other ways to do it because it's it's obviously – being deflected in the right, in the wrong manner within the NBA, NFL. Because I think right now we're deflecting the conversation rather than addressing what it's for. We deflect it as disrespect rather than saying, you know, we do have a real problem in our country. So it's a deflection tactic rather than like this whole this whole narrative of of disrespect and what it's a it's an opinion. You may feel it's disrespectful. I may not. You have Veterans that think it's disrespectful. We have veterans that don't think it's disrespectful. People on Lyon have different opinions. However, we're not addressing what it's for. And I think that's where the frustration and stubbornness is coming to play by the players. I, I completely actually agree with you on that, that point. Totally agree with you. My thing is, attention has been brought to this, right? Attention has been brought to brought it. Brought to what? Brought to police brutality as a huge problem. But but the NFL hasn't addressed it. And the reason well, why, why is the NFL supposed to address police brutality? What, what I'm saying is the NFL's has never addressed it and said, you know what, our guys are standing for something, but this is not the the right the way they're supposed to do it. They say, you know what, it's disrespectful to the flag. Like they haven't, the at some point in time, as as humans, why, why as Americans, we, we have to just stand for what's right sometimes. And and we and the dollar is the dollar is important in business purposes. But you sure. see businesses stand for what's right, even when it could cost them a dollar or two, because at the end of the day, it's the human thing to do. Okay, so but but you didn't. There, there's two different parts to it. First, we both agree that none of this gets us to it, but you're like, I don't understand what the NFL is supposed to do. <laughs> okay. And second, it I is think, actually, I think, by I rule, think the, the NBA players I, are supposed to stand. So it is actually the same rule by, by rule. And they can be fined 
Adam Silver has not said whether or not he will find somebody or won't find somebody, but nobody has taken a, taken a knee. I, I guess the second part of the issue is you have a problem with me saying that it's disrespectful, right? I respect your opinion whether you think it's No, I don't have a. I don't mind you. I don't have a problem with you. I just feel I, differently, and that, and that's fine. I think we're all going to feel differently in some respect to what the notion is. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether you agree or disagree with it. What it's for is why we're doing. It. Like I may not agree to a. To a um, protest, like I don't. I, I mean, I think that's effective, but you have to understand why the people are doing it because they're trying to draw attention to something that is that's not supposed to be. See, happening. I think it's been really effective. I, I I think sometimes you people get caught up in the semantics. I'm not offended by it, but I do think it's a sign of disrespect. Okay. It's an intentional sign of disrespect to bring attention to a problem, and attention has been brought to a problem. The the there's is it, is, there's is, other in, is issues. It disrespectful with, to wear a hat during the national anthem. Yes, by a fan. Yes. Is it disrespectful to not have your hand up your heart? Uh, no, to stand at attention is good enough. Is it disrespectful to sit in your seat? Yes. Okay. But these yeah. are all things people do. Like, if you look in an arena or a stadium, people you, are hats on, sitting, standing. Like, When was the last time you were at a game? Uh, game three and four of the, uh, East, uh, of the Eastern Conference Finals. And during the National Anthem, people are sitting? I've seen people sit, yeah. Like no, no, no. and no, just wasn't, no, wasn't no, 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 no. Some, some majority were standing. Some were sitting. Some people chose to do different things. Some people go to the concession stand when it's playing because they're just like, I. Right, it is is what it is. Like it's not a pivotal point in the night. You know, if you get I, what I'm saying, people say, like, you know what? I can't wait till the national anthem starts playing because that's what I came for. No, we came to see this 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 athletic event, and it, it's it's something that goes on. People sing. Some people wait to see the, <laughs> who's singing it and who's performing. Or what have you. But some people get up and go. Some people are like, oh, National Anthem's coming on. I'm out of here. You get what I'm saying? I don't know anybody who gets out of there other than somebody who's like, I, I want to skip the, I want to I want to cut the line. Because it's not the, there. It's not that the, time. Where I, don't think, I don't think that's why they do it. They being do patriotic it because of the night. I don't think like, it has anything. To, I think the the guy who goes to concession line is the guy who thinks he can get a get better, easier spot in concession line. But he's not paying attention to what you value as being important in the night. Sure. But if you're, if you're. So is he disrespectful if, in, if, if he's yeah. trying to beat a line at that point in time? Well, if he's walking out when they start singing, then yeah. No, no. If, it's if, also if, like, you know, like, if he walks out right before they start singing, when they start lining up, if he walks out before, is he being disrespectful? I'm just, no. just a question. I'm not saying it's right no. or wrong. But if you're in the, I mean, like I wouldn't. Because he chose not to stay for I, it because he I, wanted I, to listen, get in, I, ahead I, in line. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm like, <laughs> I'm like some flag waving okay. super, super patriot. I will tell you that like, comes out at your house. You're watching with your kids. Do it's, you stand up in your living room? Yes. Okay, just different. But it only things. happens during the Super Bowl or during, the, and part of Some it is people like sit down and just keep watching the game. Like, I know they, I, on, I understand, I understand they do. But I got kids around. I'm like, I, I think I'm supposed to show them to to do this because it's out of out of respect and okay. out, of, out of respect for our country. I think is kind of the general thing. Like, look, I'm not disputing at all that Wait. there's a problem with police officers. Look, we also we have a, a litany of other problems that kind of go hand in right. hand with that's it. just the one the athletes chose to to stand up for because it was the most one that it resonated in your community and, and, and them as people. And as now we see an athlete who's dealing with the same type of issue of just, just being, he committed it. He committed an offense, but he's just like, it was no need for the, the level of aggression. Who was Sterling? Oh, dude, that was ridiculous. Right. So the whole so, thing is ridiculous. Right. And, and so now, now as an athlete, like it doesn't matter as an African American athlete, like it doesn't matter, just because because I've ran into to, to law officers who find it's that point in time to like oh oh you think you're hot, you think you're hot but stuff. I, also, you're, I, I would you're tell you, than I me? would do you look, have problems like yeah you have to de escalate the situation because of who you are sometimes 
and because they just feel threatened. I would say that the, there's, uh, and it's probably not equal numbers, but as a white guy, I can tell you that there's, there, there are cops that they're just that way with anybody. They're on a, they're and guys I, on a power I would, trip. I would agree with you. And, I and I, and, and the hard part, the, the hard line to walk. And I think the big thing that got this off to a bad start was Kaepernick was not somebody who was comfortable being out in front of the media and commanding the different, to make sure that the protest kind of stayed on point, to stay on focus about what it was about. Right. And it just didn't. And because he wanted to silently go about his business and just do it in his own way and then donate money in his own way, it needed somebody like a LeBron. So he, right. Or so, okay. Who's, we who's totally better. Agree. And, and then he also. He wasn't big enough to, to, he, to he, hold that. It wasn't that, that he wasn't big enough. It's that he had the other, he had the, the pig socks. He had the, the, uh, the Castro shirt. But also, he's just not somebody who is comfortable in having a voice more so than in his actions. It has to be in his words and direct us okay. to how to follow you next. Okay. Because he did start a movement that people are still talking about, yet okay. you never hear Colin Kaepernick ever. You mean to tell me I wouldn't have my radio show? In a heartbeat. He should be on all. So he had a responsibility to to voice and, 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 and speak on this rather than just. I think so. And no, I, I agree with you. Okay. I agree with you. Dante Jones continues to join us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Let's uh, let's start at, at last night. You know LeBron. You played with LeBron. And last night was a night to which they just didn't seem to have it. Uh, the lack of use of Kyle Korver, because apparently they, they like the Shemi Ojeley matchup. When you're sitting there watching the game and they're not using a guy who not only is a third-leading scorer, but it's coming off a night in which he hit everything mm-hmm. and, and probably changed this series for the better for the Cavs. What was your reaction? I didn't understand the strategy of having him only play in the second quarter and not playing any first quarter minutes. But there's obviously some strategy behind it, and it didn't work. So I guess we got to go back to the drawing board. Um, but you have to respect the, the effort that the, those kids on the Celtics put out on their home court. They're, like, they're, they're amazing. At Why are they so much better at home? I don't – that Celtic crowd is is amazing, number one. It's in the top five of best arenas and best crowds and best fan bases in the NBA. But they just have so much more confidence. And you and they're, even the shots they take early on are just different with their their home crowd behind them. So um, – Officiating, officiating, I think, plays a part? Um, I don't think – I don't think so in that capacity. I think they just – they're just more confident. Marcus Smart is knocking threes down. I know. In, 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 a, in a great capacity – there and not in Cleveland. Like it has nothing to do with officiating. I think it's still going to be a tough game defensively. They they give the effort, but offensively they have more confidence. They they play at a different pace when they're at home. All right. So what about LeBron? Uh, at some point he did, whether he was playing to the camera or he was exhausted. You know, he had that. He had a look on his eyes. On the other hand, we saw this in Game One a little bit, to where I don't know if he was just you know conserving he, himself for Game Two. What he, do you think was going on? He's been saying he's like extremely tired after these games and the outputs he had to put on. So he's this is not something that's been even in the last game when when, when they won he said I'm there's nobody more tired than me right now after this game. Um but even the first you look at the first quarter you can tell he just didn't have it and as an athlete you can say some nights like you just don't have it. Like consist he we think he's a robot. We think he's like he's he's superman but he had 26 and 10 and he looked bad. Yeah. And that and that's crazy I know. right now like we we're, we're acting like he had the worst game ever. Right. But he looked exhausted. He looked like 
He looked, you see it in his face. He looked dehydrated. He looked like all these things that happen to athletes when you think you're fine and then all of a sudden you just feel like crap. And, yeah. it, and, and it sucks. There used Sometimes. to be an, uh, I like love this video, RC, uh, R, what is it, RC Cart? Is that what it was? Um, Remember they used to, it was like a, like a, a little radio control cart and you had the, you could hit the nitrous, mm-hmm. right? Or in, in any of the NFL live games, whatever, in terms of hitting the turbo, mm-hmm. sometimes you go to hit the turbo button and you got no, no turbo there. And it's not there. And that, how hard is it to get it back when you only have one day off in between these next two? Um, it's just like some days you just, it's just some, some days we just have bad days. Some days our body just feels bad as we get older. Like you just feel sure. terrible and you have to fix it by diet, sleep whatever you can do in these next couple of hours, but it's just something he's going to have to try and try, try and fix. Do you think they win the series? I think they win the series. I, I've, I've said this. It's going to be a seven-game series. Okay. I think they're going to win tomorrow. And I look forward to a um, historic performance in Boston Garden, like with his back against the wall. I think he, he operates the best with his back against the wall. Um, and I, I, I have faith in that. I think we have two commodities, proven commodities in the NBA right now. The Golden State Warriors and LeBron James. I like, And would I bet against in either one of those two? No. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think that he wasn't feeling great. Uh, and there was a certain level of conservation. And there is the knowledge he still has, whether it's confidence or arrogance, the same thing as the Warriors, he's that not, he knows Game play. 7 in Boston. I've done this. I've literally done this before. Other people can say. He has a confidence, but he has a confidence in the track record to say, you know what? Okay, I can scratch that, throw it aside, and I've done this before, and I can do it again because I am the greatest in the game right it now. It is a dangerous, dangerous game to play. All right, let's get to the Warriors, who it looks like they're going to have Clay. I think they'll have Iguodala, but we don't know. How important is Iguodala from your perspective? That's a dangerous one right there because what makes them special is they have, a, they have multiple elite defenders. They have Draymond, they have um, Clay, they have Andre, and Sean Livingston at points in times can do that. Um but then when you take him away, you take their best defender away, their quarterback, he's a playmaker. Um, he's probably the smartest. He's most, always in the right spot. Because right, right? he's the most intelligent. And you can tell that like he's all about winning because he's a max player that took a demotion to the bench and doesn't care about a stat alive. He just wants to win. And that is what makes that team special because you have a max player that says, you know, I go to the bench and I just do whatever you want to. If you want me to average six and five, I will just to, just to, just to win a championship and go in the Hall of Fame. Like that, it, I'm fine with that. Um, okay. I don't think Andre Iguodala's going to Hall of Fame. That's one, one we would agree you're, you're a champion. You're going, you're, going, you're going to the Hall of Fame. You're finals MVP. You're going, you're, it may take a couple ballots, but. I don't think Andre Iguodala's going to okay. Hall of Fame. Okay, we'll see. I love you. I don't think he's going we'll to the Hall of Fame. Dante Jones joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. No, you're in the Hall of Fame already as a champion, though. Like. You're in the basketball mean, hall of fame. Yeah, but when so. you get introduced as a hall of famer, you get voted as a hall of famer. Like I, I think Draymond's going in because how many, you know, how many final MVPs are not in the hall of fame? That's I, a good. That's a good I, stat to find I would out. Have I'm to, not, if you'd like to, we'll have Ryan Music pull can up. We, can, the, we, can we check that out? Like, but, but finals MVPs don't aren't necessarily things that. Is Chauncey Billups going to go into the hall of fame? Uh, he'll be very close. He'll probably get in there. But he was also a multi-time All Star. Okay. Which I'd I'd like to see Iguodala, who okay. previously in his career averaged over twenty a game, right. but now is a, so well, here. Here's what I think Iguodala is. Okay, <laughs> you know when you have a, um, you know when you have like a quartet and you have the one guy who's the bass guy, the dude, <laughs> right? Like that guy, <laughs> right. right? Like you always go like, hey, anybody can do that, right? right? Anybody can do it, and then all of a sudden they switch bass guys, and 
He doesn't know quite the moves like everybody else. Right. The base. That's what. Like, look, I think Jordan Bell eventually is going to be a good, really good player. No, he's think, not. No, he won't be close to Andre Iguodala. No, no, no. I'm saying. Oh. But remember, we're talking Andre Iguodala now in his mid 30s, as opposed to, he he'll never be Andre Iguodala in his 20s. But he could very easily be a Clint Capella type eventually. That's the type of player that he'll be. Six foot eight can guard a bunch of positions. By I don't shots. even think he's six foot eight out there, but that's fine. Okay. By anyway, six, by six seven. Clint Capella's what? Six ten, six eleven. The point is, as a rim protector, a guy who can switch on a defense, rebound with great energy, I think he's going to be a really good player. I think Kayvon Looney's going to be a really good player. I agree but with at, you on that one. But at this point in time, they when they're out it. there in a big situation, they're like a little bit off. They're in the wrong play. They're like, wait, where am I supposed to be? This is not. And they're just a little bit off if they have Iguodala, even though Iguodala is the fifth most important in terms of scoring offensive player. Right, but he does so many things that you can't quantify, whether it be scoring, defense, playmaking. He's 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 their quarterback with Draymond and, and making plays, get guys in the right sets, um, and keeping keeping heads cool, as you see with um with Steve Kerr said about him. Like he's he's a valuable part of that team because they are ultimately a team, they're a collective of of very good players that work well together and and make up for e- for each other's inefficiencies. Okay. Are they in trouble? If he doesn't play, they're in trouble. But I, it's it's hard to bet against them when when he's on when he's available when they have a full roster it's it's hard to bet against them. Why do you think? Because he's, he's with, with the exception of game was it game three and then that five minute stretch in game four. Uh, Steph has looked. He hasn't looked like an all NBA guy. He's looked like a guy who takes a lot of shots. Why? That's what he does. He takes shots like. What do you depend on Steph Curry to do at the end of the day? You depend on him to make shots and take shots. You don't depend on him to make plays for other people. He just has shooters around him. No, I, I, I totally, un- I, you know I mean? completely you understand that. I'm, sa- I'm saying though that the that Maybe. the percentages are way down. Again, if you take out those stretches, they're the games way- that he has to play defense, conference finals. He he struggles when 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 he's being his confidence lie. It's looking like his confidence lies in. His ability to to just just be comfortable out there, and when people are attacking you every play, looking for your switch, making you work on a defensive end, it takes away from his his personal confidence, which is help hurts his shooting confidence. So, with Iguodala out there, like their whole thing is they're trying to find the right matchup and the switching and all that. And well, looking at him, like, nah, I don't want him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't want him. Oh yeah, I want him. And it's just it's just harder. It's hard with him not being there. It's it's, it's it's easier to get to matchup that you want and the favorable matchup, and you go one on one with, and, and and you can create something. All right, b- by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna win the the DeAndre Godala uh, Finals MVP debate real quick. Why was he the Finals MVP? Because he actually did some offensive end too, and because they didn't guard him. They remember in that Finals they didn't got guard him. They left him wide open, and he made them pay. Right, and, and that is hard to do. I I well when you no 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 because shooting confidence because lo- Harrison be Barnes shooter. they left Harrison Barnes on and he didn't do it. I understand. Like, it's, but, it's hard to do. Be, being left open is probably the worst one you want to be on because it's a lot of pressure on you. I'd rather have somebody running at me than leave me wide open. My my point is that I don't think anyone would argue he was even the best player in that series. He just uh, simply scored a bunch of points in an important game because they left and him wide he open. And he, he scored a whole bunch of points. And he did a great and job in LeBron. did a great job in guarding LeBron. But also LeBron probably should have been the MVP what, considering what? he was playing without, <laughs> he was playing without right. Kyrie. What, 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 without, was, what was Steph's numbers in that series? Like Not great. Okay. Not great. But they played a depleted Cavs team, and so it was like an ensemble. Right, which I have, a, I have a whole opinion on that one, too, because— All right, good. You'll give us the opinion on okay, that one in that a second. One. Doug Gottlieb's show, Fox Sports Radio. Dante Jones played for a decade in the NBA. 
won NBA championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He joins us in studio. All right, so uh, we want to start Cavs. Bingo, Cavs. Go. So I don't agree with people saying, you know what, uh, the Cavs won the championship because Draymond didn't play or because they had injuries because you uh, what um Bogut went down and people weren't fully healthy. But then they give the Warriors the credit for winning it the first year they won it. When Kevin Love and Kyrie didn't play, they didn't have a full roster. Well, I, I don't know, but I just don't know who you're reacting to because, like, the sense the media, the media's the but media's who, opinion. who, what, what media? I'm in. I'm. I don't do the the media because I'm in the, the media. The I'll, public I'll perception. Yeah, but, of they of they earned theirs, but the fans, Cavs did not oh, earn theirs. That's 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 that's. Well, look, my, I my I think deal. there's, but if you remember when the Warriors first won their title. A lot of people. There wasn't, myself, there wasn't an asterisk by, by it. I thought there actually was. Remember, Steve no. Kerr even said we were we were fortunate, we were lucky that they played the the was the Hornets then the Pelicans now the Hornets and Drew didn't play the first two games. They played Grizzlies, they played the Mike Grizzlies. Conley Mike Conley didn't play, didn't play. and exactly. then they never played the Clippers or the Spurs that year because the Clippers beat the Spurs and then the Rockets beat the beat the Clippers and then Pat they Beverly did, wasn't there. and then they played Rockets without Pat Beverly and then after game 1 didn't have Kyrie never had Kevin Love. So I disagree with you in terms I think was there an asterisk by it? Like yeah, look this is what's happened in so many championships in the past. Health you, is a big part of a championship. Always a big. Yeah, right. Just health, as much as how good you are. Right. Larry Bird Larry Bird's back cost the Celtics titles. Absolutely. Uh Byron Scott was hurt one year that hurt the Lakers even when the Lakers last repeat ended. Uh, yes, Kobe and Shaq were feuding, but Carmelo got hurt and Rick Fox got hurt. Right. right? And, and of course, the Pistons beat him. So it, it has. So it's health ended- slash luck, coaching, and players. They all have to align. Like the stars have to align for you to win a championship. It's just not total dominance. And you're just like people. It's a long season. So health is a, is a, is a part of your championship. Properly characterized from an uh, NBA veteran's mind what we should see when we see the Golden State Warriors. What we should see? What is that? Well, like, like I've heard people. Well, is, the, is this the greatest team of all time? Is this when you see them? What I see do you them see? as a collective, and I see them as like they have a bunch of important pieces. Like when people say, you know, Steph is Steph's not their best player, but he 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 does his job of he he creates uh, spacing for the other parts of their team. Clay is one of the best. They have the top three shooters in the game. KD's the bet one of a top two scorer because if Kyrie's around, like you can debate that. He but he's seven feet tall. He can get to a spot. He can score on on basically anybody. Um, so they have spot up shooters. They have tough shot makers. Hybrid have, hybrid defensive players as well. They, they have multiple they can, defenders. They also they, are, the, they also are the all best very backup point guards in they're basketball. They're also very bright. They also have guys that are collectively like Steve Kerr's helped them become bright because Steve Kerr plays an integral part in there because they have have great coaching because his system and how he got Steph off the ball and put him into just a a mover and the way he moves without the ball now rather than just put him in traditional point guard space where he just has to um, go pick pick and roll and make plays but that's not what he does he's a nightmare off the ball, the way he cuts and moves and keeps, and, and you always have to be focused towards him. See, that's actually one of the best points I've ever heard made that I've never heard anyone say, right? It's like the genius to Phil Jackson wasn't just the triangle offense. It was that he got people in the perfect space. The triangle's right. perfect spacing so that Mike could be Mike, and then he convinced Michael Jordan, when the double team comes, I'm going to get the right teammates in the right spot. You get it to them, and they'll make shots, and it ended up working. And what you're saying is, hey, Steve Kerr was the first guy to tell Steph, like, 
Stop trying to prove you're a point guard. Right. Just be just Steph be, Curry, just which be, sometimes you handle it, sometimes you move. And just be the it, greatest shooter of all time. And and you can be that and you can make it a nightmare for people to guard everybody else because we have specialists. You, like me, understand how important confidence is. KD, something weird happened in the fourth quarter where he took two terrible shots and then last possession, he didn't even look at the basket. He just he quick kind of kind of hot potatoed it to Clay Thompson. How hard is it for a guy of his stature to flip it in one game to go from terrible fourth quarter, everybody's talking about you turning down a shot to, okay, I got to get back to being KD. It's all a learning experience. Each game is a learning experience. You grab different things from each game in the, in the course of a series. I think he, hindsight is always twenty twenty. He's aware of that right now. But in that instance, in that quick instance, he was forced to be a playmaker. And that's not what he does. He's a scorer. He's a flat-out scorer. He, has, he finds his spot. He gets it done. He scores over anybody. And at that point in time, he tried to make the right play. And that's right. just – that's not – the best of his skill set. Yeah, when people say just be you, be you, that that isn't get a, he, he was supposed to get a shot up. He yes. was supposed to get the best shot and get to his spot and rise up. And the only spot. thing I can think of is he overreacted to how bad, how atrocious those previous two shots were that he took and tried to get somebody else to look. Dante Jones, great stuff, man. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Jason Whitlock from Speak for Yourself joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Whit, when you heard the new NFL policy on uh, the national anthem, what was your reaction? Uh, I, I think my initial reaction was it's a step in the right direction and a half step in the wrong direction. I, I think it tries to please everyone and I don't think this is a situation where you can please everyone. I, I think the NFL should have chosen just to purely please its fan base and the fan base is is bothered by the national anthem protest it's it's not good television it's not good for television ratings it brings a conversation into game day that's not good for football and so i wanted the nfl to do what david stern did when he was faced with this issue two decades ago with Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, and you just pass a rule, hey, you got to stand for the national anthem. I felt like they had two options. They could have said, okay, we're just going to take our players off the field during the national anthem, everybody stay in the locker room, or, and this is probably the option I would have preferred, I, I was, you come out and you stand for the national anthem. If you choose to protest, you don't play, period. Um, if you can't play, you don't play. Period. That uh, yeah, but that one seems that you know that that one seems more challenging to get through than what they did. I, I will tell you this: uh, I like you, like any human being, bothered by what happened to Sterling Brown. I think they ran into a lot of bad luck with the announcement. Just the day the video, the Sterling Brown video. It, it becomes public, right? Like you, can't, you, you cannot that was get foreshadowed forty-eight, seventy-two hours beforehand that they were releasing the Sterling Brown video Wednesday. So it wasn't by surprise. It didn't drop. It's not an album that was dropped by surprise. That was they told the Milwaukee police said we're releasing this on Wednesday earlier in the week. Uh, but again, this just goes back. Hey, sometimes, Doug, there's really tough decisions to make in all walks of life. 
but particularly in sports and particularly in these politically charged times. And, and David Stern made the right call with the NBA years ago, and it hasn't been a problem. And now everyone's reacting like the NBA doesn't have a harsher rule or the same rule as the NFL does now. No one's talking about that. I find like Steve Kerr's comments today preposterous. Well, I, well have, even even worse. Wait, but even worse, people in our profession, nobody challenged him on it. And and for people who want to know what Steve Kerr said, let me play for you. This is Steve Kerr after their shoot around today, offering his opinion on the NFL's new uh, policy. They're just playing to their fan base, and they're just uh, basically trying to use the anthem as uh, fake patriotism, nationalism, uh, scaring people. It's idiotic, but that's how the NFL has handled their business. I think our leadership in the NBA understands that uh, when the NFL players were kneeling, they were kneeling to protest police brutality, protest racial inequality. Go, go on about Steve Kerr. I, look, I, I don't know if Steve Kerr, I'd had to, was he in Chicago with Craig Hodges? I think he was in the league when Chris Jackson, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf was in the league. The, the NBA, everything he just said applies to the NBA. Right. And all of sports have attached themselves to patriotism as a way to market themselves and as a way to, to, to attach Sports to the best ideals of Americana. This is not. This is pervasive throughout all of sports. Sporting events are the only place where we play the national anthem. So th- this isn't something brand new. And so it, it's a. Re- and in a league that one of their players yesterday they released the video of one of their players being abused by the police. Why isn't Steve Kerr? leading the Golden State Warriors in taking a knee tonight and asking all of the NBA to take a knee. Why is he not doing that? Why is he taking pot shots at football? It's, it's repulsive and embarrassing to me. I don't get it. I'm trying to as well. I, I asked, I've asked NBA people, and they say, well, it's a completely different relationship with the commissioner. Like, that that's that that's a cop out statement, right? It's the same rule. They haven't challenged the rule, and yet they're questioning the NFL for instituting a rule that mirrors they're their rule. Like Adam Silver has been the commissioner of the NBA for seventy years. The guy is two or three years into his job, and yes, he's as soft as butter, and the, he uh, he's uh, intimidated by the players, and he's best friends with the players. Let's see how long that leadership style actually works and lasts. He's presiding over a league that can't put on competitive games at playoff time right now, but no one in the media will talk about this in a real way. And, and ask questions about why is that? Is there something wrong with the rules? Have we gone three, are we three point addicted? Have the players made so much money that they're just not as competitive when faced with adversity? None of this gets addressed because we're all caught up in this attack on football, which is unfair, out of context, compl- compl- a lie, that this whole notion that NFL ownership is just blatantly, patently racist. They've constructed a league that has 70 75% black employees 
making a ton of money, a ton of money, and touches. No industry has created more black millionaires than football in the NFL. And we're attacking it as racist? This is ridiculous. Over Colin Kaepernick? It's, it's ridiculous. Colin Kaepernick and a lot of these football players have to understand they were working on a television show. That's what the NFL is. That's what the NBA is. That's what Major League Baseball is. Television shows have scripts. And they have producers. And when that television show starts with the national anthem, it's all scripted. And, it's, and the reason why they're making so much money is because of what Steve Kerr has identified as fake patriotism, which is actually brilliant marketing and has allowed these guys to make a ton generational wealth, help their families, pull themselves out of poverty, all kinds of – you don't attack an industry like that. You help it get better. But you don't attack it and try to bring it down. You don't paint those people as racist. All right. So, so Jason, a, a black listener might listen to you and say, you know, you work for Fox. You're just selling out. What would your response be? I, I would say I'm speaking the truth. I'm a black person who senior year in high school, me and my father lived in a one bedroom, 400 square foot apartment in the hood of Indianapolis. And football came and got me and put me on a college campus and changed my life and the life of my family. I never got a whiff of the NFL. But, but I'm just speaking a truth, a factual truth, that you have been hoodwinked and bamboozled into believing football and the NFL is some sort of racist industry against the black man. If you would apply the same standards to Hollywood, where a black man and a black woman can barely get a job, can, can't make the kind of money you can make in the NFL. 70, 75% of their employees aren't black. You won't attack that, and that's run by liberals, but you'll attack football because you think it's run by conservatives who are bigots, who have created an industry that's better for black men than anything the other, the other group, the liberal side, says they've created for the black man. You've been led astray, hoodwinked, bamboozled, whatever. You're just wrong. Jason Whitlock from Speak for Yourself joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Also a talented columnist, as you read, and you can see him as a sports personality uh, and and uh, uh, just a personality on plenty of news shows throughout the year. He joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, let's get to last night. What's your take on LeBron Suddenly tired, suddenly worn down mid-series. Shocked the hell out of me. Uh, listen, LeBron's a weird duck, man. We, we've seen strange things from him when he was in Miami, uh, the meltdown against Dallas, previous uh, stint in Cleveland, the meltdown against the Boston Celtics. And last night we saw another clunker of a game that, you know, I just think is a part of LeBron's issues, perhaps with anxiety or who knows what. Maybe he just went out and kicked it last, the night before. I, I, I don't know, but we've seen it before where LeBron will have these games that are impossible to understand and impossible to explain. Do you think he can still win the series? Yeah, I never, ever, ever count LeBron James out of anything. He was down 3-1 to the Golden State Warriors, came back, 
and won that ch- uh, championship for Cleveland. Never count him out. I, I fully expect him to win the next two games. Uh, but, you know, I know there are other people out there that think, look, this is the process of LeBron exiting from Cleveland, and he's, you know, backing off. But I just don't see it. I never count him out. I expect this series to go seven, and I expect him to figure out how to win it. All right, what about the Warriors? Suddenly they looked human. Uh, they looked fallible. I disagree. You don't think they looked human or fallible? No. No, I think they missed Andre Iguodala, and Kevin Durant had a bad fourth quarter. I think that's all that happened last game. I think Golden State's going to handle their business today. It'd be it's going to be fascinating to see. I, I, man, I don't know. I mean, I don't think anything happened. I, I think James Harden had a good first half. Chris Paul had a good second half. The the rest yeah, of that cast, I, I I didn't see anything that I think is transferable to tonight that makes me think, oh my God, you know, if if Capella or Eric Gordon or PJ Tucker, I, I didn't see anything from the supporting cast. I saw good halves by both guards, and I saw Kevin Durant have a bad fourth quarter and no Andre Iguodala. Yeah, I, I agree with you on both, but I also there was a sense of panic from the Warriors. For a team that's won a championship, team that mo- is made up of guys that have competed in three championships, you know, some of them have won two championships, they're, they're just, there wasn't an ease by which they handled the Rockets. And I, I think Iguodala is a big part of it. He's an underrated Valuable commodity, especially when you had a Jordan Bell or Ke- Kevon Looney kind of in the wrong place. On the team. He's at, at, out, off the charts in terms of brilliance. Even if he can't shoot, he's always in the right place at the right time, and he's he's a tremendous defender. That said, like Steph, Cl- Steph, Clay, and Kevin Durant, they all panicked. They all took terrible shots and looked completely out of sc- sorts. All true. Uh, all fixable. And I, I just think, I just didn't see enough from Houston that makes me think, ah, they got it. I saw Houston, uh, Chris Paul, make a free throw when he shouldn't. Yep. And then That's I saw point. Steph Curry get a wide open shot with yep. a half second left. So I just saw all the things about Houston and Mike D'Antoni that I, they did dumb stuff too. They just got away with it for a night. It's a great point. I still, can you figure out why they made that free throw? No, just they're not well coached, and they're just. It starts from the top. Mike D'Antoni, someone, some was there a huddle before he took the second shot? Did did anyone think you know? Because don't players gather up and any look over to the sideline and get to him? Should I make or miss? Chris Paul just decided he's going to make the free throw because he was frustrated he missed the first one, and it just wasn't thought through. Uh, do you enjoy watching James Harden play? Now, I really don't enjoy watching Houston play that much. Just it, There's just not enough ball or man movement. I don't like the ISO style of play. Uh, and, no, I, I'm not – James Harden's not fun basketball. In comparison to Steph Curry or Klay Thompson or LeBron or Kev, KD, he's just not fun to watch. I agree with you. Hey, great stuff, man. Let's talk soon, okay? All right, thank you. All right, Jason Whitlock. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury – the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.